Hello everyone, this is a new series called Monologues where I'll be summarizing full length articles in 10 to 15 minutes and give you the gist of what's important because there is so much important research out there and we necessarily don't have the time to read it all. If you're interested to know more about the article, feel free to check the description for the article link. Let's start. Far, far away existed a kingdom whose king was dedicated to serving his people. He was exalted for his magnanimity, gentleness, and having multiple wives. Though that's naturally important to understand the story. If there was one thing he could not tolerate, it was treason and people running away with his wives because, you know, he had a lot of wives, so it happened very frequently. But that's not really the point of the story. Coming back to the king, he was ruthless on traitors and punished them with death. Well, most of the time. He was also known for being merciful and sometimes he would let the defectors live, hoping they would use this second chance to become a better version of themselves, and you know, not elope with his wives anymore. From a humanitarian perspective, the king was a personality to look up to. A merciful king who believes in second chances. Mercy, that seems so heartwarming. However, from a survival perspective, the king is letting his enemies get away, who could come back even stronger and eventually dethrone him. The story somewhat outlines a common problem in immune response against cancers because cancers are in fact treasonous cells that keep their personal interests ahead of what's right for the organism. During anti-tumor responses, something called immunoediting takes place. No, immunoediting does not mean editing the genome of the immune cells or editing a video about immune responses. Immunoediting is a term used for di the dynamic engagements between the immune system and the tumor where while destroying the tumor cells, the immune response ends up selecting for escape mutants if, in case the immune response isn't strong enough. This is a similar principle how antibiotic resistance arises. At the end, we are left with those cancer cells that have found a way to escape the immune response and that is trouble. Unless, of course, you are a scientist studying immunoediting phenomenon, in which case it's pretty cool to find escape mutants, but for most of the people, it is still trouble. This is also true for cell-based therapies like CAR-T or chimeric antigen cell therapies. Do you know that kid your parents always compared you to when you weren't good enough in studies, sports, or just being you, and eventually you started hating that kid they kept comparing you to? Well, CAR-T cells are that kid if you were a T-cell. They're better in a lot of ways and deep down you know your parents love them more than you do. Sad reality. Coming back, it has been seen that patients treated with CAR-T therapy against B-cell lymphomas mostly where CAR-T cells specifically target a B-cell antigen called CD19. There is a relapse where CD19 negative tumor cells start to appear in some patients. This would be an example of immunoediting where the immune response or in this case the CAR-T therapy has selected for a variant that has learned to downregulate CD19 expression in order to survive. This brings me to the big question that we are about to answer in this article. What should the immune system do in such a case to avoid the process of immunoediting? 
The article I'm discussing today has evidence what could actually work in such a case. But before we go, here is a word from our first sponsor. Are you a graduate student? Is your self-esteem below sea level? Do you spend half of your work hours regretting your life choices and crying? Well then, we have what you need. Crypod. Crypod lets you take control of your life by letting you cry in a safe and isolated area so no one sees your vulnerable, destitute and broken side. Crypod has provided many graduate students a pod to cry in whether it's at your work, your home, or your gym because you definitely aren't staying in shape with that kind of depression. Order your Crypod now and get a free tear lysozyme extraction kit on us. Dial 1800 Crypod. Coming back to the paper, the authors have an interesting idea. Around the tumor and the draining lymph nodes, there are many cells and molecules that govern everything that's happening there. Three important cell types around the tumors that indeed help in fighting against tumors are natural killer cells, dendritic cells, and T-cells. By the way, have you ever thought how sad the life of a T-cell is? A T-cell has two best friends he interacts with. One is a garbage-eating psychopath, and the other one has tentacles, which is obviously too creepy. It's common knowledge that you cannot trust anyone with tentacles. I've had 25 years of life and so far I've never met anybody trustworthy with tentacles, so that says a lot. Anyway, coming back to cells that have tentacles, the authors mention a very specific subtype of dendritic cells called CDC1 or conventional dendritic cell 1. It is believed that this subtype of DCs does a much better job of presenting tumor antigens to cytotoxic T cells and therefore is of key interest to cancer researchers. In line with this, the authors wonder what if we amplify CDC1 response while delivering engineered T cells that target tumor antigens. Would that allow more host-derived T cells to take part in tumor clearance? Can it stimulate the bystander T cells to take up the arms and join the fight initiated by the engineered T cells that could be CAR T cells? To test this hypothesis, they engineered CAR T cells that while being specific to an antigen, also secrete a dendritic cell growth factor. They hypothesized that this CAR the, these CAR T cells will function in two ways. First, just like every other CAR T cell, they will be directly recognizing the tumor antigen and killing the tumor cell. Then second, they will be stimulating dendritic cell growth and possibly activating more host-derived T cells. The growth factor, by the way, we are talking about here is FLT3L, a hematopoietic cytokine. If anyone is interested in knowing its full name, FLT3L stands for FMS, like tyrosine kinase 3 ligand. Coming to the results, the authors did some studies on HER2-specific cancer cells. No, HER2 is not a third-person movement based on ME2. HER2, or HER2, is a common breast cancer antigen. 
the authors compared HER2 specific CAR T cells versus HER2 specific CAR T cells that also secrete FLT3L in two cancer models. The two models they compared were HER2 positive adenocarcinoma and breast cancer. In mice, of course, they found augmented tumor anti-tumor responses in mice that were treated with FLT3L secreting CAR T cells compared to those CAR T cells that did not secrete FLT3L but still recognized HER2. That means FLT3L is indeed doing something. They then wanted to know how this is working. They checked if they're getting a similar anti-tumor response augmentation in RAG1 knockout mice that lack lymphocytes. RAG1 knockout mice are miserable mouse models. They do not have T and B cell based immune responses. This model would answer the question, are T cells or B cells required for this augmentation in immune response mediated by FLT3L? The authors saw no improvement in RAG1 knockout mice, which means that host-derived T cells were required for this improved response mediated by FLT3L. They did some in vitro studies and found that FLT3L indeed expanded CDC1 cells, that is conventional genetic cell 1 cells, which in turn increased the number of cytotoxic T cells, again in vitro. For their next step, they tested two cell types again. They have CAR T cells versus FLT3 CAR T cells, both specific to HER2, just like before, but now they're using it on a slightly different tumor model. They're using it on a different tumor model that co-expressed both HER2 and ovalbumin, a, typically, a typical antigen used in cancer studies. When they added FLT3L secreting CAR T cells specific to only HER2, not ovalbumin, they found that there was a polyclonal T-cell activation in these mice. That means host-derived T-cells specific to OVA were activated which led to a far superior anti-tumor effect. Let me break that down to you. These CAR T-cells, which were secreting FLT3L, they expanded some of the dendritic cells around the tumor, possibly in the draining lymph nodes, and these dendritic cells possibly expanded some of the host's own T cells that were able to fight the, the tumor on multiple fronts. When I say multiple fronts, I mean a polyclonal activation with a lot of spe antigen specificities. This is a typical example of epitope spreading. It's a problem in autoimmune diseases, but in case of cancer, it's a pretty good deal. In my opinion, these are quite promising results. With this approach, our immune cells are being uplifted to take the matters in their own hand and attacking the tumors from multiple fronts with multiple antigen specificity instead of a half-hearted effort that could result in immunoediting. I feel this is a no-mercy approach where the immune system is waging war with all that it's got, at least in terms of the T-cell fighting power. And with that, I will wrap up the first monologue. Let me, your, let me know your thoughts on this new series. I'll see you all again. Do check out the links in the description if you want to know more about this paper or our other podcasts. See you.